Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Today is part two with Raven Kaplan talking about agile auditing, literally wrote the book on <laughs> agile auditing, so who else better to talk to? And so we are on kind of the second half of the agile auditing process. Uh, in this episode, we're talking about the sprint review and the sprint retrospective. And when I asked Raven towards the end, I said, okay, we've talked about all these concepts, um, these agile auditing concepts. Wouldn't expect everyone to, you know, go start doing agile auditing. So what is like a concept that, that we should take away from this of, of everything? What should we, what should we use? And so this is, uh, she answers that question in this episode. So I highly recommend at least taking that piece and trying to incorporate it into your auditing process. But with that said, here we go. Um, so we've kind of gone through what would traditionally be um, audit field work or the execution, right? So um, incorporating agile concepts throughout the process. And we talked about the daily scrum or daily standup and making sure you're using that to hold, you are not using it to hold yourself accountable only to hold yourself accountable, but also to hold your team members accountable. Right. It is a self-forming, self-managing team. I am only accountable to my team man, my team members and my team members are kind of expected to hold me accountable. If they say, Raven, yesterday you said you were going to do this and you didn't get it done. That's, I need to go into that meeting realizing that, or hoping, trusting that someone is going to hold me accountable. Yeah. Cause that's, it's not um, a good feeling to know that you're going in going, eh, I didn't do it yesterday. Yep. I was, I was telling you about this current project that I'm working on. How different would this project have been if every single day I checked in with my team members, there were six of us on this team, um, four auditors, two primary people. We actually had an audit liaison, um, which I'm not the biggest fan of a liaison, especially not in an agile audit, because yeah. what we need in an agile audit is we need the right people in the room at the moment that we need them. And when you have a liaison, usually you are filtering a question through a liaison who then goes back to who she thinks can answer the question only to discover that because she doesn't really know the business, she didn't really understand the right. question. Then you have, you still have that back and forth. So I am not the biggest fan of audit liaisons. Generally, I'm definitely not a fan of them in an agile audit. Um, so there were technically six of us and how different I was sharing with you that the project was supposed to be finished on the first of the month. And here it is, you know, the 18th of the month, and I'm still not done. It would have been so different if every single day I had to go in and say, yeah, so yesterday I intended to do this and I didn't. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then today I'm gonna get it done. And then tomorrow I would say, yeah, you know what? It's so funny. Yesterday <laughs> I intended to do this and I still didn't get it done. I would not have continued to procrastinate in that case. So we could have gotten through the audit faster had I had that level of accountability from my team members. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this was a traditional audit. So yes, I have an audit supervisor. In agile auditing, that person typically takes on um, the scrum master role. But the scrum master, and I haven't talked a lot about some of the, the roles and responsibilities. So let me do that for just a second before moving into the sprint review, because sure. these, these roles are pretty important. So the scrum master, their job is to be a champion of agile. Their job is to remove obstacles so that the project can get completed. Their job is to be a cheerleader um, for the team members to, you know, keep that motivation up, to keep them pressing forward. Remember, a sprint is a short burst of energy. Someone has to keep the people running motivated, and that's the scrum master. Where I see some audit shops go wrong is they def default to the audit project supervisor or the audit manager as that scrum master. Right. And the problem with that is the team no longer becomes or maintains the self-managing. They constantly go to that scrum master as the boss because they've always known that person as the boss to check in with them, to get questions answered, to do things, to ask them to approve work papers, et cetera. Um, so it is uh, important that you assign the right roles to the right people. Now, do your scrum masters need scrum certification? Not necessarily. It's a good idea to have it just so they can continue to talk the language that's so important when you're doing an agile audit. And, and teams are gonna differ in size and how all that kind of works, but would you almost say as a role, you wouldn't have the supervisor or manager um, as that scrum master? That's what we put into our framework um, okay. for uh, what we created is it should, it shouldn't be the typical supervisor. And it's not, a, it's not that it's a problem for that person to serve in that role. It's a problem for the team members because then they look to that person as the boss, yeah. as the decision maker. Remember in Agile, it's self-forming, self-managing teams. These people are empowered to make their own decisions. They should be empowered to say, oh, we need to change direction here, or we need to adapt here. And when you have that scrum master as the boss, they don't, they don't feel they're empowered anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you an example on this current uh, audit. So we're going into sprint review, right? I have four work papers out of the, you know, 12 or 14 that I had to get done that I need to finish today, by the way. Um, so our sprint review, sprint reviews happen at the end of the sprint. So if you're on a two week sprint, let's say it starts on a Monday. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan of starting a sprint on a Monday and ending a sprint two Fridays later. That is very traditional for um, audit teams to do. The reason I'm not a fan of it is because I think, um, because of flexible work schedules and stuff like that, it just doesn't work as well. So right. I usually do kind of like a, a, a Tuesday, um, Thursday thing or something like that, because so many people flex those Mondays and Fridays. Perfect. Yep. Anyway, so Friday is our, our sprint review and I need to get these work papers done today because remember I have a, uh, one of the things we've talked about before is I have a process. I, I, I remember I was telling you, I teach this in beginning auditor bootcamp, which is when you, when you write a work paper, you write your work paper, you let it sit for a day. I do this with our audit findings and reports and everything. You have to take that day away from it. Mm 
And then you go back and you read it with a fresh eye and you do for work papers, what I like to call an acid test, which is simply going over and asking yourself, is this a good work paper? Did I answer all the questions that need to be answered? You know, have I completed all the test steps? Is everything clear? Does the work paper stand alone? Um, what kind of questions might my supervisor have? Now, again, in agile auditing, we don't necessarily need a supervisor to approve our work papers, but the work papers still need to be reviewed. That's okay. part of our IIA standards. I okay. just like it to be a peer review, preferably the audit client who would have a better understanding of whether or not everything was accurately stated. Okay. Um, and again, you can do this very simply with Agile during your execution because you're working together hand in hand. You're writing the work paper as at the same time that they're reviewing it. They can correct any problems as you're writing it. You can still take and say, okay, this looks good. Um, take that day away and then go back and do your acid test. Um, if anything needs to be adjusted, then you would just check in with them and maybe make those adjustments. But I have... Um, Another role that we need in agile auditing is the product owner. And I think in our part one of the podcast, I mentioned the product owner would typically be the chief audit executive. Okay. The product owner's job is to serve on behalf of the customer. So if we think of our customers as being um, the governing bodies, the boards, and the audit client pro um, business process owners, that product owner should be mindful of what do they need. And those individuals need an understanding of what risks do I need to worry about? And that's really what should drive the product owner in um, guiding the team with what needs to be done in the sprint planning meeting. Aside from merely attending the daily scrums or the daily standups, the product owner really wouldn't have much say after that sprint planning meeting until we get to the sprint review. Okay. So in the sprint planning meeting, the product owner says, this is what we need to get done. Turns it over to the team, lets them run. In the sprint review, the team presents back to the product owner and says, and this is what we did. Gotcha. The product owner eventually says, yes, I bless what you did. It all looks good. Or they say, you know what? That's not what we were supposed to do. And they basically are approving the outcome. Now, remember that Agile came from original uh, efforts of system development, right? What the product owner would do is to say, yes, we are ready to release this to our client. Right. So because most audit teams still write audit reports, even in an Agile auditing, they are saying, yes, this is what we can communicate in the audit report. In agile auditing, I am not the biggest fan of having the traditional audit report. There are only two clients that I've worked with that have almost gotten away from it. One of them does a, uh, a bug list. So they basically say, here's the expectation that we had. Here's what we actually saw. Here's your problem. They do not go through any root cause analysis. They just say, hey, here's a problem. With the understanding that the process owner should have enough vested interest in reducing the risk to figure out how bad it is and to figure out why did it start happening and to figure out, and what are we going to do to fix it? Okay. So in this bug fix kind of mentality, again, it's still written. So it's still kind of a written report. The auditors are not putting out the root cause and they're also not putting out a recommendation. 
Um, I think a big part of the value add of audit, one of the reasons I love auditing is because we can help management think through what they can do to fix it. Right. I don't like it when an audit team says, here's my recommendation and this is what you absolutely must do because I don't think we're in the best position to figure that out. And that's traditional audit. That's agile audit. I think the client is always in the best position to figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. We can give them ideas and suggestions And that's exactly what we should be doing in the sprint review. We're talking through ideas and suggestions, probably already talked about it with the audit team member, the client that we're working with. But in the the sprint review, we typically, in an agile audit, typically have a slightly larger audience. We would have the chief audit executive or their designee as the product owner. We would probably have the senior level business professionals attending to hear what happened in this audit. What's the rating? Um, what is the outcome? But for the people that we've been working on with the agile audit, remember, it is a collaborative working environment. We are practicing participative auditing, auditing during the agile audit. They should already know. They should not be surprised by anything. And if the other individuals who are attending the sprint review have also attended the daily scrum, hopefully they have attended. Remember, we don't want to write up a meeting minutes about what happened during the daily scrum. Mm -hmm. We want people to attend to hear what happened during the daily scrum. One of the principles of agile is less documentation. You're creating more documentation when you write up a, write up a report a meeting minutes of what was discussed during the daily scrum versus saying, I'm sorry, you missed it. Come tomorrow. Gotcha. You'll hear more. Um, Cause I've, I've certainly had people say that, Hey, I'm sorry. I missed the meeting. Could you tell me what happened? Come tomorrow. You'll hear more about what happened. Okay. I like <laughs> that. Hard. Yeah. I think we can all appreciate less documentation. Yep. It's hard. I'm a people pleaser. I want to tell them what happened, but I know if I get in the habit of doing that, they're going to miss the next meeting. Say, Hey, yeah, I know I missed the meeting. Could you tell me what happened again? I don't want that to happen. So the reality is in the sprint review, there should be no new information. The people who are attending the sprint review should have been invited to observe in the daily standup in the sprint review. It is the product owner saying, yes, I approve the outcome, the results. Um, again, the team decided on the, how they're just saying, yep, all right, that's what we needed. Thank you so much. We're good to go. Typically, the sprint review is going to last around two hours. Again, you are kind of, um, even in a even in an agile project that is not agile auditing, it is still designated for about two hours. Um, we used to call it time blocking or uh, mm-hmm. windows. Um, about two hours if your, if your agile project is two weeks. Um, after the sprint review. And after you have the blessing that yes, this is a completed agile audit. Then we go into what's called the sprint retrospective. Mm -hmm. Um, the sprint retrospective is my top seven techniques that I think every audit team should implement whether or not you are doing agile. Okay. And for lack of better phrasing, it would simply be a lessons learned. I don't like to consider it a lessons learned. Because in all of the lessons learned I ever attended before agile auditing, they were all venting sessions, Mm -hmm. finger pointing sessions. Well, taking the project that I'm currently working on, we are two weeks delayed because Raven (laughs) didn't finish her work papers in time and I couldn't get them to my boss to review. All right, fair enough. What we would say in an agile audit is we focus on what worked well so we can do it again. 
So what worked well? Raven had all of her work done. All right. I, I mean, I have had those, those test steps completed except for one for quite some time. What do we need to do better next time? All right. So what went well, so we can do it again. What do we need to do better next time? Well, Raven had the work papers done. Let's do that again. What can we do better next time? We can make sure that work papers are staggered for submission. Um, you know, one work paper a day, if I had 14, right. If this was an agile audit, one work paper a day for 14 days would be a two week, well, three week, but agile audit. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to make sure that in the sprint retrospective, it does not become a venting session. It does not become a finger pointing session. It is focused on what went well, so we can do it again. And what can we do better next time? The sprint retrospective is typically an hour. All right. Oh, I do need to mention once the sprint review and the sprint retrospective are done, we are not jumping into the next sprint. We are going to take a day for ourselves, just like your sprinter needs rest after you need to take a day. You need to get your body and mind right, right? That's we don't perfect. want to commit. <clears throat> hey, everyone. Thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at Audit Board, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. Audit Board's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with Audit Board's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit auditboard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see Audit Board's award-winning platform in action today. I was talking to a, uh, a client of mine and that that is, I think they're on like maybe audit number two relative to agile. And I said, Hey, I'm talking to Raven. And so any questions that you have, like, just let me know and I'll ask it. And basically we can all get free advice. <laughs> and so one of them was initially was the, um, like everything happened so quick and it seemingly a hundred miles an hour. It's like, when do you, it, it doesn't feel like there's a break in between. And so that was the, that was the question is like, how do you lessen that uh, feeling? And so I think having kind of the day, like you're talking about would be, uh, would be really good. Um, so anyway, all of that. So we're, we're in sprint retrospective still. I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that because it's an important um, part of what we put into the framework. Okay. Uh, if you look at agile disciplines and I'm talking about all of the others, you know, crystal lean, all mm -hmm. the ones that are out there, um, they don't emphasize the importance of the rest. Even Scrum has gotten away from emphasizing the importance of the break, right? Mm -hmm. I always go back to a sprinter. A sprinter does not keep running, right? They, they take a break, they rest, they catch their breath before committing to the next sprint. And if you look at a lot of the agile principles that are out there, they talk about continuous fluid energy. You can't do that. Let's be yeah. reasonable. We are human, right? We are not a machine that, heck, even machines need some downtime, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's something we put into the framework that, you know, Cecilia and I kind of went back and forth on, you know, well, you know, should we really put it in there because it's supposed to be a continual amount of energy? I'm like, yeah, but I just had a, I just had an epiphany. So when we're doing a traditional audit, you know, we're kind of like dragging, you know, in the very beginning, you know, it's kind of all hands on deck. We're excited. Yeah. We're pumped. 
And then you have this, you know, two month period of time where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm getting around to it and I'm kind of dragging my feet. Mm -hmm. And then there's this huge push towards the end of the audit to get everything done. Right. We're almost doing a mini sprint right towards the end of the audit to Uh get everything done. And you've probably felt this Trent, right? At the end of that push, you're like, oh gosh, I'm so glad that's over. Right. We have to, that's what agile auditing is. We have a push for a period of time to get it done. And then we need that break. Anyway, um, so I always tell the audit teams that I work with, don't commit to the next project at the end of this current sprint. Because here's what happens to me. I go home. And I start thinking about all the things that I need to learn in order to get ready for that project. And you don't want your auditors to do that. You truly want them to have some downtime, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying downtime, they're billing hours, but you don't want them to think about the upcoming project. So um, after the sprint retrospective, again, that lessons are, oh, one more thing about the sprint retrospective. Traditionally, it is only what went well so we could do it again. What do we need to improve for next time? I find that the most valuable sprint retrospectives are the ones that come away with actionable items. Um, It's kind of like, um, so I do horseback riding. I do eventing. Um, My daughter and I did this for our COVID inspired activity. Uh, It is, it's fun. It's exhilarating. And there are volunteer opportunities with as well. So we started, uh, we joined Pony Club, uh, United States Pony Club, and we are running our farm, Redgate Farms Pony Club, my daughter and I, and of course our trainer, Caitlin is also running it. And we're sitting in a meeting last Monday and we're like, man, we really need to raise money. And everybody's talking about all the options to raise money. And someone says, I think it was actually Caitlin. She says, we should do a bake sale. I was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. And then we went on to the next idea. Mm -hmm. Well, this past Sunday, we had a competition. And, um, I said, well, I'm not going to compete this time. Um, I ride a 21 year old Percheron thoroughbred cross and the ground's getting too hard for him. His, he's got some medical issues. So I couldn't go out and do cross country jumping with him. I said, I'm not competing. I'll go ahead and run the bake sale. And then I created a list and I said, everybody sign up what you're going to bring. I said, I'll coordinate bringing the table. I'll coordinate getting approval from the barn owner. Um, I just need everybody else to bring your stuff. Had that actionable item not occurred, there would have been no bake sale, right? Right. People would have said, oh yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. And then it would have never happened. So the best sprint retrospectives have actionable items at the end. They say, and who's going to take point on doing this action? Who's going to take point on doing this action? Now, one thing I haven't talked about is uh, I've I've mentioned self-forming, self-managing team, but you get a whole lot of value in agile auditing by having the same team kind of move together from sprint to sprint. They start to learn each other's behaviors. They start to be able to hold each other accountable more as well. So knowing that I'm a people pleaser, knowing that I like to tell people, yes, my team members would know that I overcommit. Mm-hmm. And they would say, Raven, you just committed to doing this, but we know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we think you are overcommitting. So there's a lot of value of having that team move together. Maybe you have one or two new people kind of rotating in and out, particularly because the team has to have the knowledge experts in play. Um, meaning we need the business area. We're not going to have the same business area in the audit each time. Um, and now we can talk a little bit about team dynamics. I don't know if you've ever heard of forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. That is new to me. Okay. So this is tested on the CIA exam. Um, so team formation forming is just identifying who they are. 
Mm-hmm. Storming is all the craziness that happens when people start to learn each other. It's starting to learn each other's nuances. There's some conflict in there. Norming is starting to understand each other well enough to get some team norms, some, mm-hmm. some protocols established. And only after that, can you actually start performing? All right. And performing means getting the work done. You have to go through those three phases before you can start performing. And believe it or not, every time you introduce a new person to the team, the phases start all over again. Um, We take the same concepts with agile auditing, and that's why we want consistent teams moving from project to project. Now, remember, there are different methodologies out there. We like to consider ours a framework. And in our framework, what we did is we said one risk is one agile project. It's over in two weeks, move on to the next risk. Maybe it's in the same business area. That's one agile project. And it's over in two weeks because I needed that sense of closure that this, this sprint is done because I needed that mental break. I needed that opportunity to say, whoo, that was hard. Let's move on to the next one next week. Um, Additionally, I also want to give a shout out to the upcoming generations that will be auditors, our millennials who are already here and the Gen Z's who are coming. They are not going to be prepared to wait three, four, five. I had one audit client. This is pre-agile. Their audits were scheduled for 360 days. One audit, 360 days. And your eyes went wide, right? And they miss the deadline most of the time, <laughs> right? And uh, these these new generations that are coming up that are so used to, you know, plug and play, you know, oh, I don't want to listen to that song. Let me go on to the next one. Right. They are not going to be willing to wait this amount, long amount of time to get results. They want them now. That was actually another stimulant for agile auditing, by the way, is respecting that um, audits take too long, granted, but for the people that are going to be our next generation of auditors, they're going to lose. They're going to lose their minds. Yeah, that's a great point. They're not going to hang on. Anyway, um, after the sprint review you or sprint, sprint retrospective, you take your rest. And then the next, um, the next meeting that happens is something called a uh, product backlog grooming session. Now, thinking back to our part one, your product backlog is essentially for most agile audit teams, the audit universe. I'm trying to get away from it being an audit universe identified by departments or laws to being more of a risk universe. Mm -hmm. And what we would do is we would go back through, and this is what makes it a dynamic risk assessment process, right? We have an idea two weeks ago what the next biggest risk was. Things change. You know, risk is dynamic. Risk is fluid. Risk changes sometimes at the drop of a hat. So in that product backlog grooming session, we, we take another look at those risks and we say, what's our next priority? What's the biggest risk we need to address? For most of our larger audit teams, there are usually several different product owners, usually by line of business. The product owner is the owner of the product backlog. Mm-hmm. So if there are five different lines of businesses, there would be five different product owners. There would be five different product backlogs. And we can go through and we say, for this line of business, this is the next most important thing. For that line of business, that's the next most important thing. And that product backlog grooming session is what then determines your next sprint. All right. So we would, again, take that break. We're not even going to have our product backlog grooming session. The next week, The first thing that we do, product backlog grooming session. 
Now this does present a slight challenge um, in our framework because remember we're saying this audit's done, move to the next, this audit's done, move to the next. We might need a little bit more leadway to put our audit clients on notice to say, your risk is the next biggest risk. We're coming in to audit you. Right. Um, so one of the things that I do, and again, every agile audit um, methodology has to be customized and tailored to your team. So you can take the framework that we created, but then you have to think about how your organization works, what your culture is, and what is the mindset of the individuals within the culture. And if you realize that your audit clients are accustomed to having a one month notice before you tell them that you're coming in for an audit, maybe you don't need a month, but maybe you do need two weeks. Yeah. So that product backlog grooming session, the timing might need to vary. Maybe it's not the, maybe it's not the first meeting of the week. Maybe it's, maybe it is the um, last meeting of the former week. So you can give them more notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, we're not committing to doing an audit at the time. So even if the product, so at the product backlog grooming session, you do want your team there. All right. Um, you want your agile auditors. You want the business client represented because who knows risk better than your business client? Um, so they are kind of informed or on notice that this is going to come, but we're still not starting that okay. sprint yet. Okay. We're not okay. lining up at the, the running block to get ready to go. We're kind of thinking, all right, we've got some things that we need to prepare for. Let's, let's kind of in our heads, maybe create a plan. Um, for most of our agile auditing clients, they have yet to implement agile auditing at the annual planning or what I like to call the entity level planning. Um, they're not doing, they're doing agile audits, but they're not doing agile audit planning. Gotcha. Um, I think that that is probably harder because of our governing bodies are so used to us having an annual audit plan. And now we're saying, yeah, we don't know what we're going to do two weeks from now. <laughs> I think from an audit perspective, there's a lot of opportunities to incorporate the product backlog um, into our process. But I also think we need to work with our governing bodies, our board members to understand that this is going to be different. Mm -hmm. This is not our traditional approach. We're breaking away from the traditional, traditional approach. It works a lot better with organizations that are doing agile elsewhere. So I'll take City for example. Many of cities' business lines, many of their lines of businesses are already doing agile. So it's familiar right. to the business lines. It's familiar to the governing bodies. They've heard the term agile. So it's easier for audit to transition to agile auditing. Anyway, um, I think that there are lots of opportunities to do more with agile. Um, I do want to reiterate that what we've created is just a framework and every organization's implementation of agile auditing needs to be different yeah. based on their culture. Right. The, the one thing I wanted to come back to was the break. so we have the two week sprint and then what's the, what's the break look like? Like what is typically being done during a break? <clears throat> nothing. Literally nothing uh, like a day off. Uh, it's not necessarily a day. So I usually schedule it over a weekend. Okay. Um, again, so I kind of set up our time to be Thursday, uh, Tuesday to Thursdays, respecting that many people take off Fridays. There's always stuff to be done. Yeah. I just yeah. don't want them working on audit stuff. Gotcha, so gotcha. maybe, maybe if the person is working Fridays or they're working the Mondays, those could be training days. Okay. Um, 
you do want your entire team present during that sprint planning meeting. So I, if someone did take off or have a flex week, I would schedule that on the days that most of the team members, preferably all of the team members are present. Um, Should we delay it because someone is out sick? No, we shouldn't. Um, We need to move on. We can't just delay it because someone's not ready, but having a consistent structured meeting time will actually help people be there. So if they know every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., we have a product backlog grooming session, and that determines what audit you're working on next, they're going to be there. Yeah. If they know at um, 11 a.m. on Tuesday, we're going to start our four-hour sprint planning meeting, um, I usually do provide snacks um, because we are, you know, it's over our working time period. And again, I'm trying to encourage the right people to be there. I always find food is a great way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually provide snacks and we run that meeting probably up until two or three o'clock. And then they're off and running on their own, right? They're they're coming out of that sprint planning meeting with their project task board. Um, again, it's not complete. There are going to be things that are added later, but they're coming out of it with an understanding of what do I need to do next? All right, what is the first thing on my plate? And then the audit just happens over the course of the next, let's say two weeks. Gotcha. Okay. They, there's a lot of concepts within Agile um, new concepts, new terminology, things like that. If there was one thing, like the the biggest thing within Agile that we could say, hey, we're not going to do Agile, but what's the most important piece of it outside of like maybe the mindset? What's the most important piece of it that everyone should do or at least consider? I think everyone should do a sprint retrospective. Okay. The second thing is everybody should be having that daily standup. Before we started today, I was sharing with you my own time management struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is going to have an auditor like me who procrastinates. And the only real way to keep me from procrastinating is to hold me accountable. My team members will hold me accountable during that daily scrum to make sure that I am progressing through the audit timely. Um, I have a a keynote session that we deliver. If you, if you're interested, it's, it's the seven techniques that you need in every single audit, seven Mm -hmm. agile techniques you need in every single audit. Um, I cover the last one, the sprint retrospective, even though that's the first one I would pick. Yeah. The daily scrum is another, another one that I encourage people to use are your project task boards, um, to make sure that you have an understanding of what's expected. And that that project task board is visible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important for people to understand what everyone else is working on um, and where it stands in the process. We are all working towards a common goal. Agile is not about processes and techniques. It's not about a methodology. It's working towards a common goal. And in agile auditing, that common goal is allowing management a level of comfort with respect to risks that are being hopefully managed well or risks they need to be concerned about. Um, To round out those top seven things, Mm -hmm. um, the sprint planning meeting would be my fifth item I would tell audit teams to work on um, because I I want the right people engaged 
in that conversation. Um, it's very, very important that when management is um, curious about the status of an audit project, that they can that they can actually go in and say, okay, now I know where we are. I know what we're doing because I have attended these daily scrums. I have you know access to the uh, sprint um, project task board. I know what we're doing. Um, couple of the other techniques is, uh, so the sixth one would be that sprint review, mm -hmm. um, making sure that you have an opportunity to go in and discuss what was completed and what was not completed. And then the seventh one that I talk about is the duration for your sprints. Based on trial and error, I have found that two week sprints tend to work best because that's about all the energy I can sustain. Yeah. And most of my auditors can sustain running full force, full speed ahead, focused, getting that one thing done. Um, I've definitely seen agile teams who've gone out to four weeks. Four weeks is traditionally based on all of the agile frameworks that are out there. Uh, four weeks is traditionally what's recommended following the scrum, um, four weeks or less. Okay. There are other frameworks like Kanban that talk about continuous fluidity, Again, I think auditors need that break. Okay. So those would be the seven things I always tell people they need to do. Perfect. And I know we've covered a ton. I mean, we literally walked through an entire um, audit or at least like, I guess the sprint within that um, over the past two episodes. So even with that, I'm sure other folks are gonna have a lot of questions. Where can they uh, find those answers? How can they reach out to you, get in touch with you? Uh, things like that. Well, LinkedIn is always the best option to reach out and get in touch with me. I think I'm the only Raven cat meow Lynn, that's <laughs> out there. I always tell people it's not Caitlin, it's Catlin. There's no I before the T. Yeah. Um, so it's Raven Catlin. Um, of course, you can always read our book, um, Agile Auditing Fundamentals and Applications. Um, I do follow the hashtag agile auditing on pretty much every social media outlet there is. So that's always another way. I'll probably okay. see it if you're posting agile auditing. Um, yeah. And people can always email me raven at ravenglobaltraining.com. Go to our website, ravenglobaltraining.com. You'll, you, there's thousands of ways to get a hold of me. You can't miss me. Okay. And then do you have anything else? Uh, so we have the book. Do you have any, um, and you talked about the keynote, do you have any webinars or anything like that that's coming up that we could, uh, point people to? I have some webinars. In fact, I just did one yesterday. Um, most of our agile auditing sessions are a one day kind of fundamentals. Uh, we call it overview and framework. It kind of talks about what the framework is and some of the things you need, like you mentioned the, the mindset. And then we have a two day program on agile auditing, uh, fundamentals and applications aptly named after the book. Uh, usually that two day session is brought in house for organizations that are starting to implement agile auditing. We actually go through a mock agile audit and, have people actually do the daily scrum, the, the sprint planning meetings, the sprint reviews and the sprint retrospectives in that two day course. Okay. Perfect. Well, all right. It was very enlightening. Um, even the folks I know they're doing this, I think are going to get uh, value from it. So thank you very much for sharing all of it. I mean, it's a, a the playbook. I mean, it's, this is, this is how you do it. And so I think this is going to be a really good resource for a lot of people, especially those that, you know, not everybody is a book reader. And so I think this is going to be a, a really good resource for, uh, for those folks, especially 
who want to learn about this, want to implement it, um, are curious about it and can just plug in headphones while they mow the yard or, you know, <laughs> whatever and listen to it. So thank you very much. I thought it was, gonna, it was just I'm going to add one more thing. Please. If you look at what an auditor is and what an auditor isn't, right? This is where we started on part one. Mm -hmm. The reason that we need agile auditing is to help our companies manage risk better. Um, I was recently attending a strategy session and kind of our new mission is to help rid the world of bad things happening to good companies. Okay. The only way that we can really do that is to give them a risk-based approach to assessing what's really happening within the organization and to do that timely. And that's what I think the biggest value of agile auditing is, is we're not waiting three months to move on to the next biggest risk. Yeah. We're waiting just a couple of weeks and then we're moving on. So perfect. Thank you for allowing me to participate, Trent. I do appreciate it. Um, and I would be delighted to come on to your podcast at any time to talk about any other topic as well. We have over 200 courses. So yeah. pick your topic. We can talk about it. Perfect. But we will, hey everyone, we will thank take you a look, very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere. So please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review. And it really helps to get future guests to come on the show. So we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.